Behind door number one is, is Joshua Lappin Bertone. Behind door number two is Donovan Morgan Grant. One of these podcasters will lose their mind over this episode. Which one will it be? Probably the one that you think of. This is the Gotham Chronicle. <laughs> I am Josh, and joining me is... Uh, this is uh, season two mid-era Donovan Morgan Grant in terms of this podcast. Right, even though we're in season three. This episode was called Follow the White Rabbits. And it was a really bizarre choice for a Gotham episode where, like, you literally just had, like, Gordon, like, following a white rabbit throughout the episode. And then, like, people like, you know, Lee would, like, you know, open a window of a nearby building, like, Gordon, what are you doing? I'm following this white rabbit. Help me. And then, like, before you knew it, like, the whole cast is, like, going behind Gorgon, Gordon, like, conga line style. Like, they're all trying to follow this white <laughs> rabbit. And then, like, we, we get it to be continued. So, um, extremely odd choice for the episode. Very avant-garde. Um. I think that, like, this episode was done as a dare because, you, you know, like, they know that everyone's watching presidential debates and, you know, and election coverage on CNN. So they're like, ah, just, you know, throw any old script out there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we care about quality. It was really weird, too, because, like, there's obvious mistakes there that they could have said cut and refilmed, like, at various points. Um, Marina Baccarin's, like, character keeps on calling um, um Jim Gordon, instead of calling him Jim Gordon, she calls him Ben McKenzie at, like, various points. <laughs> Full name, Ben McKenzie, where are you going? Yeah. Oh, honey, my girlfriend. I mean, Donald Logue was clearly holding the script the entire time, and you could tell because, like, it says Gotham Season 3, Episode... Um, six. Episode 6, Follow the White Rabbit on top of it. Like, <laughs> really bizarre. And I don't know why Butch was dressed up as a Vegas showgirl. I thought that that was something that was going to pay off at one point in the episode. Boy, were we wrong. Did. Yeah, because all they did was, like, just follow this white rabbit. And it wasn't even, like, chasing. They were just, like, following it, like, to see where it would go. But um, I do got to say I liked this episode, you know, and I'm curious, like, to see um, in the next episode if they'll actually catch the White Rabbit or if the White Rabbit will follow them. <laughs> I don't know if that's blooper material or if that's just going to go in. Well, I thought you were going for like, some sort of Alice in Wonderland thing, but it was just all about the the, the rabbit Conaga line. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Silly you. <laughs> There's no deep metaphors with me. Just lots of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, you know, Gordon has to choose the, the, the toughest decisions of his life. Will he save the innocent little boy who's about to be run over by a truck three feet away from him? Or will he climb up a tall bridge to save two full-grown full adults in the amount of time that it would be impossible to do? And then his next impossible choice, will he save the woman who he almost married a year ago that once carried his child? Or will he save a girl who he had casual sex with, you know, once or twice? Well, it's been an ongoing oh, casual relationship. We'll get into that, yeah. And, uh, Speaking of casual relationships, <laughs> I heard in fourth period, um, somebody passed me a note, and Penguin's got a crush. Don't tell anyone that you heard it from me, but he likes N-Y-G-M-A. O-M-G, girl. Does he like him, or does he like like him? Scandalous! That went from, like, an elementary school, like, rumor to, like, all of a sudden, like, middle school, like... Mean girl click thing. Uh, that was. I feel. I, I, most of me feels vindicated because I don't want to say I called it because I didn't necessarily call it, but I. No, I did. Um, in, uh, in, in fairness, like to you calling it, the show was very, very telegraphing it. <laughs> yes. Because they, they, ended up, they ended up going for it. I mean. That was that was that was that was a part of the show that I liked. Um, unfortunately, that was not most most of this episode because most of this episode was you know uh, I was gonna say something very vulgar or not. Um, but like okay, so I like follow White Rabbit the actual episode. Josh, what was your opinion of it? 
You're not going to like this, but this might be my favorite episode of the season. No, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, I hated it. (laughs) So it's come to this again. (laughs) This is my least favorite episode of the season by far. (laughs) Why are we friends? Oh yeah, the Power Rangers and Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed so. I just imagine the weirdest '90s crossover ever. Speaking of which, I watched the Hercules Power or Hercules uh, Aladdin crossover yesterday. It was surprisingly fun, well written. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right, Jafar, it's over. We need Megazord power now. <laughs> the flying carpets <laughs> and then like Aladdin's like trying to steal bread and then all of a sudden like all the shopkeepers like transform into putties like <laughs> or... <laughs> watch out Abu <laughs> alright Abu you take him on the left I'll take him on the right <laughs> go Aladdin oh my god go go Goldar's gonna get you tonight <laughs> <laughs> I digress what the hell were we talking about Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said, why are we friends? Because we disagreed about this episode, so. You said your favorite episode. This is my least favorite episode of the season. How did that happen? You know, I, Explain I, really, yourself. I really like the episodes. Like, my favorite episodes are usually the ones where there's the least amount of plot lines going on to jump back and forth between. And actually, it's, it is close between this episode and the last one, because I did enjoy a lot of the last episode with that, you know, uh, party. And, like, you know, you had most of the cast there, you know, in play, including... Like, it, I always hate Ivy. I always hate Ivy. I'm pretty sure you hated everybody in the last episode. And, and, I, I, and I hate every Ivy scene that Ivy's in usually. But, like, last episode, I liked Ivy and the fun she was having. Um, so. Uh, but this episode, yeah, I I liked. I like that they didn't, um, you know, and we'll get into it later. I like that they didn't cop out at the end, you know, like have Jim Gordon, like, I don't know what I would have done. If I would have been able to live with myself. And instead of that, like, he actually had to do something. He didn't have a get-out-of-you-know-like conundrum-free card. He didn't have, like, you know, a moment like, you know, in in the first Raimi Spider-Man movie where he was able to, like, save them both because, you know, he's the biggest renegade homeless cop ever. Um, Speaking of which, I guess, like, according to the dialogue, like, he's totally done being a bounty hunter and now he's a private eye. Well, I think that, like, like... He calls himself a bounty hunter and, like, private eye. It's the same thing, really. Because, like, like, he investigates things. Well, bounty but, hunters but he also, like, people finds who things. are, like, skipped out on bail or, like, there's a bounty out for them. But there's also, like, like this missing persons element towards it. Yeah, like, we're a PI. Like, that could be, like, a Jessica Jones thing. Like, we could have, like, someone come in, like, a man, Hillary, and my daughter. Will you, will you find her, Gordon? It'll be my pleasure. <laughs> cut to cut, cut to like Gordon well, as, um, I, as um, I, I do think uh, they're the kind of same thing. Uh, who's the actor? Kristen Ritter. Who's the actor that Who's the actor that played Which Purple one? Man? Oh, David Tennant. <laughs> okay, the, t- yeah. the doctor. Cut, cut to Gordon as like David Tennant's love slave. <laughs> Come <laughs> back, Gordon. <laughs> David, David Tennant and and, and Ben McKenzie kissing. I, <laughs> Harvey wow. Bullock put a bullet in your head. <laughs> put a book in your head bullets in your head bullet. um okay Spoke I hated this episode why um where are we let me count the ways um you were right there's only like two parts in this in this episode basically there's two plots uh I hated every single scene with the Mad Hatter um I know it's one thing or the other it's, it's like order and plot and you know he, the, the ending was very good I'll give you that the ending was very good and it didn't – I copped out a little bit, but there was enough of, like, gripping drama to kind of get you through it. But this guy is just so – it's mostly in the writing, but the actor doesn't really help him well. And the actor's not a bad actor, but he, he goes – to me, he plays him really flamboyantly. And not, like, flamboyant like, like he's gay, but, like, flamboyantly as, like, really playing to the back of the room. And it's exceedingly irritating. Like, like, ah, Gordon, who wants some tea? Yum, 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 yum. Do not hang up on me again. It's like... A... <laughs> oh, I love that part. Like, don't hang up on me. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was cool. I, I texted you when that happened. That was funny. <laughs> I sure won't. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Wait a minute. You did hang up on me. Wow. You're, you're, the, you're the smartest man in this room. Why, thank you. Oh, you're being sarcastic. Yup, Click. Wow, here I thought you were stupid. I mean, uh, I I want to, you know, like kind of get into it as we go along. But I I hated the Mad Hatter. I really didn't like Gordon this episode. I thought he was like like, like an aggressive dumbass. Like really stupid. 
Um, and even, I mean, the ending is cool, but it doesn't put him in a very good light whatsoever. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, it's a, it's a shocking ending, but how, how can they honestly try to move forward from this? They can't. So, um, I, I didn't, this is, this is, this will be a good ending if they deal with the consequences. If they ignore it, like, you know, when he did that mob hit for Penguin in season two. Or when he killed, uh, Galavan, they completely ignored that until it was, it was Which time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only killed him once, but like, I mean, like, they, they totally tossed that off. Yeah, he, like, mentioned that maybe twice, then, like, later on in the season. And then, like... I remember it every day, except I never said so. He's like, wait, maybe I belong in jail. Oh, actually, no, I don't. I don't want to be here. I was free. I enjoy my freedom as a criminal. (laughs) I don't got to listen to old man bar. What what, what was the line this episode where he's like, I can drink scotch whenever I want, or, like... uh, Well, it's a season premiere that, you know, like, I can show up, I can go home whenever I want, I can drink whenever I want. I don't think he actually said. I, yeah. I know I'm gonna listen to Barnes giving me orders. <laughs> no, but but there was an episode. There was a line this episode about him drinking and like as, like being a PI and how he gets to drink all the time. I don't remember what the line was, but I remember hearing that thinking, "Oh gosh, here we go again." I, uh, it's, it's, you know what? I don't know how you feel about this. Because I know that both of you and I don't drink, uh, but alcohol to me is like sex for Stella. Like I really am irritated. When people kind of just indulge in it, like, you know, I can't wait to get drunk. Like, that's not Jim Gordon. I guess it's Jim Gordon for this show. But, like, every time they do that, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, when, when did he become an alcoholic? When was when that established? Um, when he, like, <laughs> when he went to jail and then got out of it and then, like, and then, and then he caught his girlfriend, you know, like, having sex to a, um, a Deadpool, like, calendar girl montage. I love how we strive to reference that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> that and Trump. <laughs> and Jim, those tapes you did. <laughs> <laughs> what about him? Um, by the way, uh, Mar- Mario Falcone is um, uh, John Travolta's son from the 2004 Punisher movie. Just, just putting that out there. You killed my son, not cheese. Yeah, both of them. Spoilers, by the way. I did think, you know, as I alluded to in my little fake recap, that the choices being given were ridiculous. Like, you put anyone in Gordon's situation with the whole, like, save the married couple who you have to climb on top of a bridge to, like, get to, or, like, cross the street to save the innocent little boy. Most people are going to save the innocent little boy. Not that, you know, the married couple wasn't innocent, but, you know, it's like... Most people will save children as opposed to, like, grown adults. Especially grown adults who seemed like, you know, really, really, like, jerkish like those people. Like, ugh, limo driver. Why are you talking You know, that, that's something I've noticed with this season. You know, from the very characters, like, you know, our very heroes, to, like, the, to, like, the minor characters in Gotham, this city is really full of shit. Because, like, these, these, even when they show, like, normal people, they're always, like, people that, like... The script kind of calls for them to die. Like, I remember Mr. Freeze last season where, like, you know, I need medicine. Come back tomorrow, you jerk. It's like, oh, man, this it's, it's like that Spider-Man movie thing. It's like, oh, man, this guy's bad. So, like, when they act slightly rude, it makes it, – it's fine when they when they die horribly. It's like, this, this city's not worth saving if everybody sucks. <laughs> that little kid before, like, Mad Hatter kidnapped him, he, uh, he like, went to detention for, um, for, like, pushing people down the stairs as, like, Mayor Penguin suggested. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I didn't. I, I hated that because, like, I, it, from the moment you saw them, you just first of all, I really don't like how the Mad Hatter is like super capable of like doing. He can set up these televisions. He can, you know, he can he can pose as a chauffeur. Like, I don't find it to be like this criminal criminal mastermind who can just kind of just like you know douchebag his way into any situation. And I know it's a television show, but it's just one of those like you know like I kind of writing conveniences that kind of just it drives me nuts because it puts a lot of like. uh ability on this guy who all he does is you know a watch that he is going to hypnotize people with whatever and by the way gotham finally has another interracial couple and they're and they're killed immediately after getting well, he, the first time you see him he kills an interracial couple and it's like he, he breaks into their home he's like you know i'm gonna use your home oh and by the way murder yourselves because i'm the mad hatter and i want to establish that <laughs> fox gotham writers are like can we have interracial couples on on the show and fox is like only if you kill them off every time you show them which is which is which I guess, which I guess foreshadowed uh, Valerie Vale's demise way way early on. She's she she's still alive. I mean, you know, at the end of the well, episode, she got shot spoiler, in the stomach. And spoiler alert, like you know, she's in the next few episode castless. So unless like she's a ghost or like in a flashback, I mean, I think she's gonna pull through. Well, someone's gonna play and, the corpse. And and that being said, um, I joked about like in in the recap too. I really don't feel like. 
Gordon's been with her long enough where the choice was like all that difficult. Aside from the fact that like you don't want anyone to die, but it's 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 not like him trying to choose like Betty or Veronica or something like that. Like this is and which would choose neither because he doesn't know Betty or Veronica. I, I don't know if Lee would be the love of his life. Definitely, you know, oh, give me probably <laughs> like, you know, because I, I don't know what his love life was like before then, aside from Barbara Keene. And he got over Barbara Keene in like five minutes, you know, I might add to like, she he's, was never looked, he's, ne- he's never looked back on that relationship. Like they were going to get married. And, and he and he tried to save it. I mean, you know, he went over. He tried to get her back. Like, I'll give him that. But that being said, like, once it was over, he did not look back. With Lee, I feel like he was more upset about that breakup, you know, even though he barely did anything to find her for a while. And then, like, when she – when he went to bring the flowers and he saw Calendar Girl and everything and he left, like, I guess that got him depressed. And, like, that's what they kind of allude to when old man Barnes is like – well. You know, well, what happened when you went to see Lee? So I feel like he's still the show's trying to say that, like, he's still not over Lee. He's still in love with her, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Valerie Vale, we saw them have, like, awkward, like, morning after sex. And then we don't see her for a few episodes. And then the last episode, oh, it turns out they've kind of casually been seeing each other. And only at the end of that episode is he like, okay, let's make this somewhat more serious. But I don't get the – I don't feel like it's certain that it's serious enough that it's like, oh, no, will be my last major girlfriend who I almost married who carried my baby or Valerie Vale who I've had like four dates with. Well, I mean um, uh, – it really isn't – you know, like, like, like which – Matt Hatter isn't making him choose which one can you tell yourself that you're in love with. He's saying which one – are you willing to be murdered? Really? It's it's the question. I mean, like, I think that the surface level question is, you know, who owns Jim's heart? But I don't think that's seriously. Be- and honestly, if they're trying to ask that. That's being poorly asked. Uh, it's just kind of. It's like the whole you know Yami Yu Gi Oh thing, where it's like you know you're really evil inside. And I'm going to show it to you. Which why what would he waste his time? Like, like I could. Why, why I are you why are people that? saying that to Gordon? They've been saying that to him like all along, like Penguin. Um, oh, since season home. one, you have a yeah, dark like, side to like, you. Like, oh, Gordon, there's a darkness within you, and like, oh, you know, like, yeah, you're it's just like us. That. I'm nothing like you. You know, like, <laughs> Jim, don't you see? We're the same, two sides of the same coin. As they rip off their rubber mask and like their black eyes uh, What do you think about that? I can, I can only, it, I can only it, bash it, you it, so it's much. It's kind of annoying because people say it, like, but like they don't say why they're saying it. They're not like you know, based on what. Like for a while, it was yeah. just talk, and then like. He kind of has gotten more evil as the show's gone by. Um, <laughs> kind of has gotten more evil. Like, okay. like there's, 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 there's no commitment with you. He's, he's like, you know, I guess he's sort of evil. He's done horrible things in the last, like, 18 months of real time. <laughs> <laughs> kind of cut, to, cut to, like, a clip show of, like, all the things he did. Like, <laughs> I mean, just look at what he did to Barbara's Club, which one of my favorite scenes, like, because we make fun of like you know renegade you know gordon who don't take nothing from no one he like just goes in he's like ah where is he and barbara's like sup <laughs> and aaron and richards like, just mugs the camera like you know, hi gordon <laughs> he, he's like shooting like all her stuff <laughs> and she's like you know we gotta open in a few hours like, and the top of the puzzle guy's like, he's like quit it <laughs> here's the thing with like gordon on the show you know hard you know no straight laced guy yeah, well, like, hard nose, straight lace, but then, like, eventually, like, you know, he had the edge, and we kind of made fun of that edge, and then after we made fun of that edge, the show would take it a step further, and it was, like, an exaggerated version of what we were making fun of, so then we would make fun of that, and we would do a caricature of what they were doing, but then what they were doing would become, like, a caricature of what we were doing. Yeah, so listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and I doubt that they listened to the podcast, but, like... Like, at this point, like, this whole thing of, like, him, like, going in and, like, shooting up, like, you know, the Sirens nightclub and stuff, and, like, that, that's basically, like, what we were making fun of with him at the beginning of, like, season two, like, but he wasn't actually doing stuff like that then. Well, like, what, let me let me ask you, if I just say it, you're not going to say anything to it, but like, well, let me ask you, what do you think about this? You know, he shows up, he's straight laced Gordon, he wants to clean up Gotham. Certain situations have pushed him into breaking the law in order to seek justice, but the show got so comfortable with him doing that that it just had no problem just kind of like, you know, massaging him into an anti-hero where now he actively, like, is, is this, like, 
you know, morose loner who just likes to kind of wallow in his own, and he's no good to everybody, and, like, they want to psychoanalyze him because that's what the show thinks is interesting. Like, what do you think about that, like, I feel that, like, the character has kind of gotten away from the show, even though the show thinks they have a handle on who he is. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I think this is kind of by accident and carelessness in the writing. I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a plan or not. If there's a plan and this oh Christ, no, there's not a plan. Great, <laughs> but like we are in the age of like antiheroes, where like antiheroes on TV are this you know this thing it's, that people this, like. It's, it's this idea that we enjoy the monster that's, that's, that's that kind of grows into being like the Walter Whites. I assume the Rick Grimes. Like, like we enjoy people who kind of yeah turn exactly evil. like the whole like Rick Grimes, you know Walt Light. We don't have to have our protagonist be like you know Ricky Ricardo anymore. It's um, so I think that that's part of it. But like, but, but no, I, I just way, I, I loved I, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad was a great show. But I'm so sorry to say, like, lol, lol, Heisenberg. Am I right, guys? Well, here's here's, here's the thing. You're tired of it. Like, I think that that whole era. Of, I'm talking about this with Harry a lot because he watches a lot of those shows. The whole era of, like, you know, like, like the white man turned monster kind of thing, where it's like, you know, this guy just kind of goes, goes, he's pushing the situation, he becomes worse for it, and isn't that cool? I think that's kind of played out by now. I mean, that's, that's, that's been so commonplace. I don't think, I think that that's really passe at this point. And I don't know if Gotham, under, I don't think Gotham gets that, but to me, like, the whole idea of, you know, is this man worse for the city he's trying to affect, that's a Batman, like a Bruce Wayne specific thing. And the scene they're trying to push with Gordon, it's it's such like a grasp at straws because it, it never feels right, even though this character is, is totally unrecognizable from the comic character. Do you feel that he was lying when he told Jervis Tech to kill Lee? Do you think that that was like a gamble on his part that like he would know that – where he knew that Tech would like automatically kill the other person instead? You know, I think that – I was actually thinking about that like, like, like a few minutes ago. I think he's going to end up saying that. Like, Lee, listen, I knew he wasn't going to kill you. Um, because, you know... Because he, so much he, like Lee would be like, so you were willing to let an innocent woman die? Did you think I would like that? Like, Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, like, like either way, it, it, it's, a, it's a no-win scenario. And I think pushing the character in a no-win scenario... Because this show's not going to have him, like, you know horrified at his own choices and say, oh my god, what did I do? He's just going to say, well, I gotta do, I gotta, gotta do, and I gotta move on. It's like, seriously, like, there should be a whole you episode. Me. Don't do that. We <laughs> together. Um, I think that that's, that's what's going to happen, that you're right, that he's, he's like, you know, but at the same time, like, that's really, that's, 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 that's not, I don't think that's anybody, I don't think anybody in this entire series should be Forced to make that decision and then, like, you know, try to. I mean, like, they can try to come back from that, but, like, that's re- Like, it, it, if, if, if Batman and Batman Forever tried that, what would you think about him? The movie would end with, like, you know, like, oh, sorry, Chase Meridian. I totally thought that they would, they would like, not, like, kill Robin and not let, not let you die, but I guess you're dead now. Like, that. I don't, I don't think you redeemed Batman somebody. Batman Forever like that. was a cartoon, a live action cartoon. And Gotham is serious? <laughs> <laughs> well played, but like, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, I, 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 I think that it's a false equivalency. And no, I don't, no, 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 I no, 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 no. I, I'm sorry, but it's not because this show can't. I mean, this show could not come back from Gordon killing Galavan. It has no inclination to properly explore the twisted psyche that he was forced to make this choice, and he should feel because he should. This is not a plaudible behavior. This is not like you know he did what he have to do. This this is legitimately damning behavior, and the show knows that it can't properly explore that because it would just it would call upon how bad he is in doing that, which which cause, because we've seen this show kind of be, be cowardly in that way before. So I mean, what, what do you imagine is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? I would hope that things are awkward between the three of them. For a little while, for reasons, and he has to like you know, and Vale's like you know, you were perfectly okay with killing the woman, or or like were you lying when you said that because you knew he'd shoot me or something, or Lee you know has a similar reaction. Like I would hope that there's repercussions for at least an episode or two. Um, you know, it, it, at a certain point, you can only like play on the aftermath of that so much where it becomes kind of tired. But I do want there to be repercussions. What I do like is that. Immediately after it happened, where like they're wheeling her to the emergency room, and like Lee and Gordon are like following the stretcher. When Lee like looks over at Gordon, she's looking over at him with like concern, like, gee, I hope she's all right. She's not like, 
she's not like, well, mister, you know, you know, like this is all your fault or like, how dare you tell me that or how dare you tell him to shoot me? Like she puts that. And, and this is why we liked Lee when she first came on the show, because she was a lot more mature of a character than like. She Barbara was very well written in this episode. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love this. This is my favorite Lee episode in a while because she did have a few bad ones in season two. But um, yeah, I, I liked how like she wasn't being petty about that, like because with if I had to pretend that I knew it was in her head, I don't think she's blaming Jim because she knows that like Jim was also a victim in this, that like Jim was put in this situation and it's not necessarily like Jim's fault that like it was a screwed up situation. They were hostages and victims of the Mad Hatter. So she's not looking at it as like, and then when Jim tries to talk to her about it, like she says, listen, like, you know, let, let's not do this now. Um, I do hope that it is brought up again, but yeah, I, I totally thought, you know, that like he was going to be like, I only said him for him to kill you because I know he would shoot Vale. Wait, is that supposed to make me feel better? You were going to kill an innocent reporter? Um, kind of. Will you marry me? Get off! Also, <laughs> your, I mean, your girlfriend's being operated on in the next room. But what do you think about the fact that like, I mean, say what you will about the casual nature of him and Valerie Vale. But for all intents and purposes, he did let his girlfriend get shot because of his ex, because he's not over his ex girlfriend. I mean, that, that is what happened. That is literally what happened. I, I, I don't know if it's led as much as like he tried to like do a gambit to get out of the situation. He tried Mario Falcone, and like eventually he was not given the get out of jail free card. And ultimately, like we have to look at if this was us in that situation. And and that's the whole point. Like he was being pushed to this breaking point where he had no choice but to do something. If all of us were in this situation, you know, and like it doesn't have to be ex girlfriends, but if it was like you know, one like both of our parents or something like that, would we eventually like you know say for one of them to die, or if it was a brother or sister, or if it was like you know, um, Stella or Dustin, um, we'd probably say shoot Dustin because Dustin would find some way to get out of it. He doesn't want. To, I don't think he wants to let, like hear us say shoot Dustin, but whatever. You want to shoot me? <laughs> Dustin's going to be like. So I listened to the podcast that you asked me to post on my website. What is this about wanting me to get shot over Stella? <laughs> you say you think I could handle it. Okay, here's the deal: bullets kill people. You realize that, right? Yes. I put together a great website and a great podcast. I'm not bulletproof. Okay, stop exaggerating. You know, like stop my awesomeness. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I, I just don't, I, I just don't have any faith in this show. This, this one, like you know, like look at that and figure out how to make that like a, a, a gripping resolution. Because how can I, I mean, like, like, let me see what it says about the next episode. Um, I mean, I'm not going to read the solicitation out loud unless there's something that vaguely, like you know, refers to this. But I mean. The the very fact that Valerie Vale is in the like castles for the next few episodes does give me you know hope that they're gonna do something. I mean, they could thing. very well be playing with that and like have her like show up only to be dead. I mean, it, it doesn't After automatically coming, mean that she's alive. Jim Gordon goes on a psychedelic trip and must confront his past, present, and future. Okay, uh, so I guess <laughs> that'll have something to do with this. Um, Apparently, we're going to see his dad, Peter Gordon, in the next episode, which, like, you see him on, like, the headline, you know, this, like, Peter Gordon, which whenever I, I hear that name, Peter Gordon, I think of, um, there was a 1960s um, rock duo called Peter and Gordon. They, uh, Paul McCartney was um, having sex with one of their sisters. Good to know. <laughs> Apparently, that engagement party that, like, that, that they were not going to let Carmine Falcone throw for them, turns out he's going to throw it for them in two weeks. Minor spoiler alert. <laughs> um, otherwise, the solicitations don't say anything for the next two weeks um, about like the after effects well, of this. But it, it brings up it brings to mind like you know like like, like he goes into psychological effects, which is obviously part of the Mad Hatter. We have to talk about the Mad Hatter in this episode. Like we 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 have to. I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I'm I'm not a big Mad Hatter fan. Like I said before, and with him here, I feel like he kind of could have been anybody. He could have yeah. like this could this could have been Jerome. This could have been Penguin. This could have been. <sighs> they could have made it freaking Balloon Man for all I cared. Well, go further into that. Like you know, specifically, I mean, is that because of like the like the like the fact that like there's nothing to do with the Mad Hatter whatsoever, or is the fact that like it was written so thinly that it didn't need to be it, it, any name? He, he was he was a means to an end. 
Well, I mean, part of my problem is that, like, they made him, first of all, and this goes back to, like, two episodes ago, they made him obsessed with Jim Gordon for, I mean, I know I know why they did it, because he's the main character. Like, he kills that girl in the last episode and then writes his name in blood. That never goes anywhere. Like, like that was completely pointless. Like, he could have just written that in any sort of thing. Like, he says, oh, I, I, I've studied upon you, Jim Gordon. I know all about you. Like, I don't buy him hating Jim Gordon so much because Gordon was like, no, he wasn't even in the same room when Alice died, but Harley. He was like 100 yards away. And when Gordon says that, like, you know, oh, she killed herself, I also don't buy that because that's not really what happened, but whatever. Um, but, like, this whole, like, you know, like, like Mad Hatter deeply has this enmity towards Gordon. And he's just like just, just throwing people at his way to just to kind of screw with him and get inside his head. It's almost like they're playing this like Two Face or Joker against Batman antagonism, and it feels it, it is did really remind forced. me of uh, the beginning of Lonely Place of Dying, where like Two Face, like you know, is doing all these things. Yeah, but like, yeah, I guess so. Um, but but like, I mean, it it feels like they're turning him into like like what's his name like. Um, Jigsaw from Saw or whatever. It's like, oh, I've I've just I've kidnapped <laughs> this person, game, and I've kidnapped this person, and I can deal with these a dozen televisions, and they, I'm, I'm I'm laughing and like you know I have this telescope. Like it, he seems like I, I, he seems like he has very 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 limited resources, and he's not that intimidating. So it feels like they're writing really. <laughs> I'm like imagining like the next episode like Matt Hatter's like let's play another game, Gordon. I've kidnapped two people who are very close to you, Old Man Barnes and Mayor Cobblepot. One of them will die. Who will you, like, like, why, as you speak, both rooms are being filled up with poisonous gas. Which one will you save? And Jim just, like, sits down on, like, a chair and, like, starts reading the newspaper. <laughs> the clock's ticking, Gordon. You can only save one. For God's sakes, Jim, save me. Gordon, if you don't bust down this door and save me right now, I'll fire you from the force that you're not working from anymore so fast. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I hate money. <laughs> <laughs> he, he starts eating lasagna. <laughs> um, what the hell was I saying? Uh, I, I, I just don't buy that, like, this whole, like, you know, Mad Hatter has it has it in for Gordon. It could have been anybody. Honestly, it could have been. It should have been an original character. Um, he's not said anything about Alice in Wonderland in this entire thing. So he starts like, "Oh, let's let's have some tea or whatever." I'm like, "Oh, please." Um, I think the actor is 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 like out of control. He's really even when he was like crying at the end, it's just way over the top. It's it's shoddily written. Um, it was just kind of it was just embarrassing and really really annoying to watch. Like, I mean, I. I I don't remember too much, but this, this, I, I was as mad watching this episode as I was watching, like, that pink, pink flamingo episode from last season that really pissed me off. Oh, like, I forgot about that. Like, like, Can this you one, imagine all the prep time that, like, went into this? He would have had to, like, filled an apartment with, like, you know, these newspaper clippings, like, kidnapping these people. It's, it's just so el- over the top. It's, it's like... <laughs> setting up all this electrical equipment and then, like... To me, you know what it's, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Spencer Smythe from the original Spider-Man comics, where at first he was this affable scientist who was minding his own business, and he appeared twice, you know, not meaning any harm. And then all of a sudden, John Romita gets on the book, and he's like, you know, Spider-Man humiliated me. I must personally destroy him. It's like that, where it's like, where, where is this coming from? Because the show cannot justify him hating Gordon, because Gordon, as a show, had zero things to do with it. It wasn't like it was put in a position where he thought that Gordon did it. It just happens because the show is too stupid enough to write it any differently. And it's like, all this bullshit happens, you know, for reasons which the viewer can't necessarily, cannot connect to, towards the events happening right now. And it just, it really, really makes me upset. Because it's like, I like the Mad Hatter half the time, but this is just making, this is just trying very, very hard to make him really unlikable in a way which just, I don't dislike him because he's a villain. I dislike him because I dislike him. And... It's, it's, it's not like an empty feeling of like, oh, whatever. Like, I know you're a lot more like, you know, kind of shrugging your shoulders at it. I, I'm just like pissed off whenever I see this guy. And I, I, I would want him to, I want him to be killed. I want him to die. I don't, I don't want him to be like, put away for Davi Mazaus to fight. <laughs> Davi Mazaus can fight Mad Hatter Jr. or like something. Or, uh, um, before we move on to like, you know, Penguin, I do want to say that uh, the scene where 
Lee and um, Valerie Vale are locked in the bathroom. I do love Valerie Vale, like kind of like doing the whole Lois Lane, like, well, now is a good time to end of the interview. And Lee's like, oh, for crying out loud. So Alice hacks blood. And then she's like, wow, you and Jim are perfect for each other. Thanks. That wasn't a compliment. <laughs> she's like, uh, what's your name from a massive phantasm? Uh, wasn't it? Really? Oh, what about the I word? I word. Engagement. I like Jamie Chung's acting in this role. Uh, I mean, she, honestly, she's a two-dimensional character, like you know, the go-getter reporter. I mean, like, okay, but I guess they really can't do much else. She's only there. She, she really is a plot device the entire time, but uh, she does well with yeah. what she's done. Yeah. Um, and you and, you're, and you, you really think that she's going to live again? I, I really do. I mean, I've, uh, you know, it's she's in the cast list for a little while, and I feel like there's still places for that story to kind of go. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, to me, to me it's, it's like I would not be surprised either way. Uh, so, what the – and now for what the internet's talking about. I can't believe that Negan killed Jr. Oh, wait. No. I mean, I can't believe, you know, that Donald Trump grabbed Negan's bat and, like, started beating Hillary Clinton. I did, I did see on Twitter that uh, Robert Lord Taylor responding to people who did not like Penguin being gay in this. Oh, what did he say? He was like, you know, to all those who dis- who disapprove of Penguin's feelings for Enigma, which made me, made me laugh at, like, he called him Enigma. But, like, you know, he's like, yeah, you guys are the least woke people out there. Which I got <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, I, and we we all knew it was going to happen. Like, you know, not not a lot of people, but like, you know, enough people, like, you know, saying that's it. My favorite character, who I'm who I've looked up for 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 liking girls, doesn't like girls. Surprise, but like, um, <laughs> which is weird because um, yesterday I was driving my friends' um kids across the state, and um, I we put on movies in the back seat, and, and it's usually whatever's on my hard drive. So they were watching Batman Returns. And Penguin is very, very heterosexual in that. And oh like, yeah, <laughs> I like Bill Hervoid. You know, like he's not dreaming oh. of Jim Carrey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what man isn't? <laughs> but, but, but it's really but, weird but, to go from Danny DeVito to Robin Lord Taylor. Like, <laughs> but so, so I, I got a lot of my gloating out uh, when we were on the phone. But what is your like? Like when you saw it and you heard Penguin say, "I love you, Riddler." I, I mean. Honestly, like, like, what is your response to that? My, my first thought was, why is he calling him Riddler? He's not the Riddler yet. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, I know you're paraphrasing. Um, I was spoiled by this because I've been on, like, an insane work schedule the last, um, you know, few weeks. As you know, trying to record this podcast with me and, you know, editing and getting it out and such. So I was not able to see this when it aired, but, um, I, I mean, I saw it hours later. But what I did was I was curious to see, like... If this was something that was going to be followed up on, as we speculated, so I looked on Facebook Live, you know, and I and, and I put like you know Enigma Cobblepot, and it, it was spoiled for me that like there was going to be some developments, in it, including an article from Compbook.com, you know, saying like you know Penguin reveals that he has feelings for Enigma, and you know, in the past few weeks, and I said it in the last episode that we did, ironically, didn't we record that episode like two, two days ago? ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know which one of us is going to wind up editing this, but if you edit, if if, if you have to wind up editing this, edit that part out. <laughs> where 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 we? I never mind when people, uh, people know we, we recorded record this. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Well, I never mind. When, I personally never mind when people uh, know that we record things, but I'll, I'll edit it out if I if I do. The idea has grown on me, and and mostly because they put it out there, and because they put it out there, I feel like they should see it through. And you know what? It's I think right now. You know, especially with the whole, like, you know, Miss Kringle, twin sister, clone, you know, Candorian double, or, like, you know, or, like, or, or whatever she's supposed huh? to be. Like, Candorian double? I hope double? it's not another Indian Hill In the Silver Age, every member of Superman's, like, cast had a Candorian lookalike. Like, if Superman <laughs> would go to Candor, there would be, like, someone that would coincidentally look like Jimmy Olsen. Like, and it wouldn't be, like, a clone or anything. This would be, like, a Kryptonian. They just happen to be exact double of Jimmy Olsen, like, through sheer coincidence. Like, remember that Archie cartoon we saw where, like, Jughead had this, like, karate yeah. master, like, d- double? Wait, it's kind of like that. So, I mean, whatever this Miss Kringle thing is at the end, um, 
I feel like what we're we're gonna do like a you know a Jim and Pam, Ross and Rachel, you know, uh, Sam and Diane. God, I, maybe not Sam and maybe Sam and Diane's not the best example, but like one of those type of things where we're now gonna get a will there, won't they? Where like you know the next episode, Penguin's gonna be like, I have to tell you something. He's like, okay, but first, let me tell you something. I'm in love. <gasps> you are. Me too. <laughs> okay, let's both say the names of of who we're in love with. That was, that was a pretty good uh, One, name two, impression. Three. <laughs> really? Okay. I don't, I don't think I've ever tried a name impression on this show before. Very fast. Uh, very curt. Like, One, two, three. I'm in love with you. I'm in love with Miss Kringle. Wait. I said I was in love with Miss Kringle Sloan. Who did you say you were in love with? I love United Airlines. What? <laughs> you, you would never fly them again after what happened last time. Well. I decided to forgive and forget. This is more than forgiving and forgetting. You said that you love them. Okay, let's talk about something else, okay, my darling? What did you call me? Let's just talk about something <laughs> else, my, um, my Sharona. Why are you calling me my Sharona? Oh, <laughs> come on, come on, Penguin. <laughs> but in a, I mean, I think it's going to be like that for a while where, like, you know, Penguin's going to try and tell him that he has a girlfriend, then Penguin's jealous, then we're going to get a back and forth for a while, and then maybe in the season finale or something, they're finally going to kiss, and, like, Tumblr will explode and fandom will explode. Um, I could just imagine, like, AT&T, like, ah, we finally own Batman. Oh, man, we want our money back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the evil Batman villains cut to Gotham. They're kissing each other. <laughs> oh man! Or alternative theory: AT and T like saw that episode where they almost kissed last week, and they were like, "We need to find a way to make this canon." <laughs> How much is it to buy Time Warner? <laughs> Sixty-six billion. Let's get on it. We will buy Time Warner, and the first thing we'll do is we will order like Gotham to like rewrite the rest of the season for Enigma Cobblepot relationship. Because the comics, because the media properties have dictated where the comics go lately, Mockingbird, I am very curious, depending on where this goes in, in Gotham's the show, if this will ever see any play in the comic books. This Penguin and Riddler thing. I remember the 80s where, like, the Penguin um, fell in love with some girl. I had that issue, yeah. And he was, like, really trying, and, like, Batman's like, oh, no. And, and we accidentally revealed that you broke parole. We're sorry for messing up your love life, Penguin. Ah, oh, it's okay, guys. And that was, like, never brought up again. That was, that was, that was one of the annuals. That was in the uh, Norman Brayfogle collection I have. I, I, it might have been, like, right before a reboot. I don't remember. Uh, it, a, was, it was around pre... It was, it was around post-crisis, like, either before or after. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was right before or after, but... Uh, I I do remember Batman being like, "Wait, so you weren't up to evil? Oh no! But now, but but but, but you broke parole. Uh, <laughs> oh, so that's our... his problem. He misses casual sex. <laughs> <laughs> As Penguin like goes to the racetrack where Batman found him. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> well, um, what I want to say is that, like, besides gloating again, it was. Really interesting hearing penguins like 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 straight up straight up probably say I I am in love with Edward, uh, and I do think that having Edward be oblivious to it is a pretty good good you know uh, dilemma. Um, I do find the whole Miss Kringle like double thing to be very like hackneyed. I mean that's 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 really cheesy. <laughs> and I'll tell the listeners how I found out about that one. I was looking at the solicitation. As always. Uh, and I was like, oh, uh, Riddler's new girlfriend's going to be played by Chelsea Spack. I know that name. Who's Chelsea Spack? And like, I looked her up, and it was like, Miss Kringle. And I was like, and I texted Don. I'm saying, they're pulling a problem, child. <laughs> because, um, listener, in the first Problem Child movie, John Ritter was like married to this nasty woman, in the words of, you know, uh, a presidential candidate, Trump. And in the second uh, movie, he gets a new girlfriend who's played by the exact same actress, but it's a different character. <laughs> and then later, maybe. I, th- I think I actually said the episode, but uh, it's, it's, it's weird because, like, she doesn't seem to have any relation to, to, to Miss Kringle. Like, she just happens to look her, like, Jughead style. Jughead style. But, um, uh, it's, 
I did like that, that Riddler straight up thought it was her. It wasn't just like, oh, you remind me of somebody. It was like, well, I thought you, I think you're like the ghost of the woman that I murdered, uh, slash loved. But, um, it's, it, I, I like where they're going so far. I'm sure it's going to cock up somehow, but like, uh, I'm glad that they, you know what I. I really am glad that they just came right out and did it because it 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 really was the it really was the point. It could not be anything else. Well, and I said um, in the last episode that if they were going to do it, they would have done it last week and had them kiss on the couch. And like, if they didn't pull the trigger, then like, then I don't see why they would later. But now that I think about it, this is the better way to do it because if they had kissed on the couch, it would have been more for shock value and it would have seemed more. Not necessarily out of nowhere, but this way you can build it up more instead of like all of a sudden they have feelings for each other. You can see yeah, it's drama. the feelings for each other building up. Yeah, well, yeah, well, and, and not just drama, but like, you know, to make it somewhat more organic. So I, I, I dig that. Um, and I think it's going to be, I mean, I, while I'm not looking forward to a will they or won't they, and we're going to be like, Oh no, Penguin, you know, like was bringing a flower for Enigma, but he saw Enigma, you know, like trying on a wedding dress, so he dropped the flower and walked away all sad or like something like that. Like, 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 but, but it's gonna be so satisfying when we see those two kiss and the internet's going to like, I, I would like this to like give the show some publicity, even if it's negative or positive, because I think it brings up a very important conversation. Because people have been talking about, you know, like, changing race of the characters. Like, are we going to change Mary Jane's race? Are we going to change, you know, like, this Marvel character, this DC character's race? But changing the sexuality of two Batman villains, and not Clue Master (laughs) and, like, you know, and, 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 like, the Kite Man. This is Penguin and Riddler. Like, you know, two members of of the United Underworld, to change their sexuality... That actually opens up a very big conversation, and it's one that, like, you know, even people who don't read or necessarily watch Batman-related media it would get their attention. So, I mean, this will, you know, I'm surprised that more people aren't talking about it now, frankly. Me I actually too. think that that's bad for the show, that, like, the show's doing something like this, and, like, it's not being talked about on, like, as much of a mainstream Yeah, you, 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 you would have thought this the internet. Yeah, like, although maybe when they kiss, you know, when they do actually kiss, that'll be something else. And the show has had, like, so many gay characters, like, they've all been evil. Well, I, mean, I, I think know, that, like, or, part, or Renee Montoya. part of that is the fact that, like, as I was saying before, it really is not the way it used to be, you know, uh, several years ago. I mean, like, I, I, I say this all the time, but, like, Steven Universe is just ripe. It's a children's show proliferated by a, like, I don't say majority, but, like, a, there's a lot of, like, like really gay characters on that show. Like, just, like, and it's completely normalized. So I, I don't think that, like, being gay or having gay characters in the superhero shows is nearly as taboo as it used to be. That being said, I do think that, like, having very popular Batman villains be in somewhat of a homosexual relationship with each other, that is news. And I think, if nothing else, you can say that Gotham did contribute this to the mythos. Whether you like it or not, they did contribute this to the mythos. And quite... I, and, and, you know, I don't want to make this to a talking point about people who don't like it necessarily, but like, um, it's something where it's definitely. I mean, I'm dying to see where this goes. I mean, I'm sure it'll probably get annoying eventually, but uh, I, I think I think we're gonna get a Jim and Pam and Ross and Rachel thing where they're gonna keep them apart for you know a while for drama, and then it'll be satisfying. When Michael they Scott shows up to talk about, talk to Penguin. Penguin's like, you know, but he's engaged. Never, ever, ever give up, huh? And then, like, at a casino night, he tells Riddler, and Riddler's like, you know, what? Well, what are you doing? I'm sorry, I just had to tell you. Why Why are you doing this? Um, well, I can't. You have been so Don't do that. Come on. I, I don't want that. I want more than that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Penguin. <laughs> I think Penguin like, really I'm impressed com- that you remember all that dialogue. <laughs> I saw that clip recently. <laughs> really calls his mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, mom, I think I am. <laughs> Listen, Penguin, they start kissing in the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next season, oh, <laughs> Peng, Peng, Penguin's taking a job at, like, Stanford, Connecticut with receipt. With <laughs> and, and he falls in love with Andy. <laughs> Which, uh, I, I Ironically, the beginning of like uh, the begin the, the very next episode after Conceito Night was all about like you know Oscar like being forced out of the closet. <laughs> that kiss was <laughs> no uh, poor Oscar's roommate. I wonder if he knows. 
<laughs> Michael Dwight's looking at gay porn. <laughs> That's one of the greatest episodes of the series. Oh like, man, that was so good. Well, and like, and I, I'm pretty sure you know the story. How like Michael's like Steve Crow was not supposed to kiss Oscar. Yes, it was supposed to be a hug, but like he ad libbed the kiss. So like the characters, everyone's reaction is like legitimate. Like they were trying. Like if you look at um. Uh, what's her name? Um, so, Jenna Fisher. Like, you could see her and BJ Novak trying not to crack up laughing. And you could, like, see the actor that plays Oscar. He is so uncomfortable. With well, like, yeah, well I like how, like, he, he, he tries to move away, but he's like, nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, he has a talking, he's like, I was gonna quit and sue them, but, like, they offered me, like, a three month vacation and a company car. Kids, <laughs> it pays to be gay. <laughs> Like, he had such a lawsuit on their hands, so the company, like, <laughs> um, yeah, but as I said, I, uh, and maybe there is more mainstream coverage on it that I just haven't noticed because we are in the middle of, like, you know, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, like, breaking the internet, like, you know, every single week. If, it, if this was slower news week, this might be a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe uh, this happened earlier like, in the series, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, and they've had so many gay characters that's part of it, of course. But I do think that, you know, when you have arguments about how dare Mary Jane possibly be black or how dare, you know, we may or may not have a black, you know, Spider-Man at one point in the future and people are arguing, changing the sexuality, that's another conversation. And, and, and as I, you know, said, you know, only a few minutes earlier in the podcast, when you do it with characters who have as much, you know, with the iconic status of Penguin and Riddler – it is really interesting. But that being said, how much of their characters are defined by their sexuality? Like, yeah, Riddler was thirsty from his Kringle in season one. But when I look back at, like, all my favorite classic Riddler stories, you know, they weren't about love. And, yeah. He did know, have a like, daughter uh, right before the New 52. But, like, like, that was never explained. It could not have been her, his. <laughs> Riddler's daughter from, a, Heck, from uh, a Bronze Age. Uh, what, what was her name? It was, um. Uh. E- Enigma or something? Enigma, or like, yeah. What was it? Yeah. And um, and then there's that Penguin Annual where he had that girlfriend and it was like never mentioning it, which actually makes me – because it's like, oh, you, you like if you read that annual, you want the two of them to like be together. But I guess it's obvious that they weren't. And and then Batman um, – um, oh, uh, he wanted to marry Barbara Gordon in, um, uh, uh, in, in the Batman 66 show. Yeah. Oh, well, it, it, yeah. Show. Was, and um, and and then in the and then in Batman Returns he's thirsty for Catwoman and and, and frankly any any girl that he sees yeah so. he, he's like thirteen years old in Batman Returns. By the way, like <laughs> I I will say this you know one year after we did comic book film review uh, episode of the movie, all these years it's taken me my opinion of the movie has finally changed I still like it but I'm now realizing this is a really depressing movie for kids like. Like, like, as I'm sitting there and, like, Penguin's, like, dying alone, surrounded by his friends, I'm like, no one in this movie gets a happy ending. This movie is, like, depressing as heck. Because of Tim Burton. This is, like, but not just, like, Tim Burton. Like, even Batman, you know, like, 89, like, that had a happy ending. Like, well, we murdered the Joker. <laughs> we, we, we murdered the Joker. There he is in the streets. <laughs> Let's get back to celebrating them. Oh, P.S. Lots of people are dead from that, like you know, gas like thing that he did. And but that like... man destroyed <laughs> an entire building with the people. Yeah, like, everyone's smiling despite the fact that like millions of people—not millions of people, but like you know, <laughs> dozens of people at this parade were like killed by gas. He gave us the a signal. Pop, like, yeah, <laughs> he gave us the signal, but. Um... Oh, I was going to say something. Like, like um, it is. A, I think it is a similar point to like changing a race and my point is you better come up with a damn good explanation as to why it really 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 matters for them to stay the same if you can't do that then they're up for fair game well and and i was talking about the precedent for penguin being heterosexual but that being said his sexuality has been such a little part of his character when you read like other stories that right when you read the stories that aren't batman returns and him trying to marry barbara gordon in that one annual the 90% of other Penguin stories don't matter. And as I said, like, you know, in the last few episodes, it it's taken us into the third season for, like, Penguin's sexuality to be addressed, period. Because he's not been, you know, like, anything but an asexual character. It's been all about, like, power for him. Well, also, I don't think, I mean, 
you say asexual, but but yeah, he was never put in. He was only put in position once where a woman propositioned him, and I don't remember there being him interacting with any male characters who he would have liked. Um, maybe he, maybe this is him discovering his sexuality. Yeah, but I mean, he, he he's he's been around you know attractive male and females, and he's never shown an interest in any of them, which is fine, you know. Like I mean, you know, I I interact with you know beautiful women on a regular basis, and I don't go awuga awuga all the time because I live in society where that's frowned upon. You know, the be a Tex Avery cartoon. I conduct myself in a professional manner. Boys will you know, be boys much- in the locker. <laughs> I was not going there. <laughs> we, we, we had to fill a quota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you say that there's no precedent for you know penguin being for for, for a penguin being heterosexual. We'll take a look at this tape that pay. He and Riddler are on a bus. For some reason, it's like the Burgess And they let you do it when you're a 1960s, you know, Batman villain. Arg! You just gotta grab him by the wrist. Arg, oh my arg, god! Arg. I just love that that, that that video of that bus pulling in while all that dialogue is being said. Just imagine like, like the penguin and the Riddler inside that bus makes you laugh. <laughs> like Peter Griffin. Oh. <laughs> grab him by the hand. No. Um... So have we talked this through? Is, is everything – those are all the, po- the I, 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 I think we're at the point of the podcast, which frankly it has been since like the intro. We're like if we can't stay on topic for more than 20 seconds, the podcast is over. Well, we've, had, we've had discussions on certain things. I think we just tangented a bunch. Yeah. We're very tang- – it's also because like I'm very, very tired because of my like travel assignment schedule and like I have not had a lot of time off. Like – I am not operating at, at full capacity. I will readily admit that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we've done them. No comments on the um, website recently since we last read them. The next episode is called Red Queen. Let's take a trip on an all new Gotham. Oh, and this one's airing on Halloween. Ooh. Oh, crap. <laughs> After coming in contact with the substance by the hand of Mad Hatter. When did this happen? LSD. Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon gets led on a psychedelic trip and must confront his past. You see, um, oh, w- w- what's his name? Um, uh, who who is it in the sixty show? Uh, Neil Hamilton. Yeah, Neil Hamilton. Yes, yeah, he's like, he's like the doctor. He must confront his past. Neil Hamilton, present Ben McKenzie, and future J.K. Simmons. Meanwhile, Penguin struggles with Nigma's new relationship in the all-new Mad City. And the guest stars that week are Valerie Vale, um, Chelsea Speck as Isabella, which is the new girlfriend, um, James Carpinello as Mario, who we actually didn't discuss a lot this episode, but that's okay. Not a lot to say about him. Leslie Hendricks as Catherine. So I guess, um, you know, the whole court of Alsing's coming back. Um, Alice Tech is coming back. Um, I mean, maybe it's a flashback, though, I guess, because of the psychedelic trip. And Michael Park as Peter Gordon, which I'm guess is part of the psychedelic trip, unless, like, Gordon's gonna get robot parents this season, you know, like from uh, <laughs> from Maze Spider-Man like three sixty five or whatever it was called. Yeah, like <laughs> Barnes, who we didn't talk about Barnes this episode, but I mean, there's not much to say. Like last episode, it was you know like yeah, last episode it was oh this blood is changing me. This episode it's oh this blood is changing me. Like okay, yeah, like that's still a plot line. Uh, yeah, the best so, yeah, go somewhere. Uh, easy joke, easy shot, but. It almost has to be met. <laughs> he shows up in his 2005, like, Fantastic Four, like, <laughs> costume. Hey, what's Boy, going on, everybody? <laughs> help me. <laughs> exactly. Help me. That's exactly what he was saying. Uh, any thoughts about next week? Uh, did you see the preview? Have, or have you seen it? I, I, I did, yeah. I mean, it sure was a preview. Yeah, it, it, the only thing, the interesting thing was that, like, I think that Matt Hatter pulled a gun on Penguin. Um... Barbara Keane was like, you know, like, like this is your hallucination. You know what? I'm really sick of Barbara Keane being like this manic pixie girl who's just kind of, you know, floating around laughing at people's misfortune. It's, it's, it, that's, that's putting on, on, on airs for a lack of her character, whatever. Um, again, like, like, it is so weird. Like, if you watch, like, any of, like, the first, like, six to eight episodes of Gotham, like, Barbara Keane in that, in that versus, like, what she is now, like, it's a completely different character. 
also, I, I know it's like you know Gordon must confront his past, and not, and I'm like, because I, I I reread the Long Halloween and Dark Victory today, and I actually forgot that like Mario Falcone was legitimately a good guy. Um, so okay, but like I mean, I, I know it's a different show, a different take. I know what they've been doing the character, but I don't give a flying f- about Gordon's past. So like, it's, this better be good. <laughs> actually, I, I kind of do because. They've alluded to it at various points, like that he was in the army, and then the whole like you know his father being friends with Falcone. And for this show, like we know very little of Gordon's life before like the pilots of like who he was, where he came from, how he and came I to think be. It's unexplored, and, and yeah. Yeah, who is Gordon, how he came to be. I, I, I still want them to do the whole you know brother angle, so they can introduce Barbara Gordon that way. Um, I don't think that they're going to do that because, you know, we don't see him. Oh, I forget the name of his brother, Roger. We don't see, like, Roger Gordon in the cast list. Roger. And it doesn't look like the show – it doesn't look like the show's going there at all. Oh, yeah, I bet Roger you they're going to the, the, find their way towards it eventually. I guarantee you. A drunk, angry brother, I guarantee you they're going to show up. Three seasons and it hasn't been mentioned. But, you know, like, in the words of, you know, uh, the 1992 Mayor Cobblepot, things change. <laughs> but the only thing that's changing now is what you're listening to because this podcast is ending its episode. So until next time, this is Josh. And this is Don. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. Better be good next time. <laughs> Grr. City of Justice.